0: All right. I'm looking forward to that day. I trust you are too. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 6 where I want you to go this this evening. We're going to look at three different passages in scripture, but one thing's going to be common and you'll see it here in just a moment. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And when we come into this into this account, David uh is getting ready to bring the ark back to Jerusalem and uh, so he sets up a cart he sets that cart out with some men they put the they put the ark on a cart and uh, they begin to bring it back and as they begin to bring it back the things the oxen start to wobble the cart ark starts to wobble, and a fellow by the name of Uzzah goes to steady it because he doesn't want it to fall, and God comes down and kills him immediately. And uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that here in just a minute and all the things that are involved in it. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, let's stand together, and beginning in verse 1, God says, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and, and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of, of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets, And on symbols. And when they came to Nashan's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for, for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. He was not supposed to touch the holy things, and he did. And he tried to tried to steady the ark. Verse 8, and David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place, Peraz Uzzah, to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we pray, Lord, that that, uh, you would uh, guide and direct uh, in this message in our hearts. And uh, may the Spirit of God have freedom in this place tonight. We pray, Father, that... that, uh, uh, you'd uh, give me clarity of speech as I preach, and I pray, Father, that, that uh, your will would be accomplished in each and every one of our hearts. Lord, it's a, it's a serious thing when we, as mere mortals, get displeased with our God, because the bottom line we know is, is always you're always right, and if we're at loggerheads with you, then, Lord, we're, we're wrong. Uh, but Father, help us to help us to, to see a little bit more deeply into what's going on uh, when when as human beings we get displeased with our God, and we pray, Father, that you would, you would uh, have your will and your way in our hearts tonight, and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Now All God's people said, "Amen." You may be seated. The, the verse I want you to look with me at in particular, focus on tonight, is verse 8. It says, David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Paris uzzah to this day. Now, Uzzah violated what the Scripture said about touching the holy things, and, and God came down and judged Uzzah for that and, and killed him right, right there on the spot. The the thing I want us to look at is the the phrase that David was displeased with the Lord. And it's important because I think all of us have been there at one time or another. And I don't want you to raise your hand and nod your head or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is there have been times you've disagreed with God on things. There have been times when God said something, you said, and, you know, in your own heart, you thought, well, what did he do that for? You know, he shouldn't have done that. He should have done this. And, and uh, uh, you know, we just, maybe it's because of misunderstanding. Maybe it's because we're, we're not in the place that we ought to be, to be to, to, uh, in our relationship with God so that we would accept anything that He brings down the pipe. Uh, but but we, just, we just get displeased with God. Now, what does it mean to be displeased? It means to be disgusted, it means to be angry. It means to be irritated, vexed, and upset. Uh, Very simply put, just not pleased with the decision that's been made. And there are three records in Scripture of people that got displeased with God. And we're going to take a look at, at all three of them. The first one, obviously, is this one with David. David's displeased because of what he did, of what God did, uh, to, to Uzzah, and, and how that uh, he judged him instantaneously on the spot. And what this, what this indicates is that, that David has some doubts as to the judgment of God. And as you go down a little bit further, you find that not only was he dis- displeased, but as a result of, of disagreeing with God and being displeased, he was also afraid. There's, there, when, when David made this decision to go get the ark, there is no record of David seeking God's mind on the thing, of David going and, and looking to see exactly how it ought to be done. Um, now, there were some reasons, I'm sure, why he wanted the ark back into Jerusalem. And, and at, the, at the present time, it was with the Philistines, and he wanted to move it. Uh, he, he wanted to move it because he was eventually uh, desiring to see the temple rebuilt and the ark would reside in the temple. Then he wanted to honor God. Uh, the ark did not belong elsewhere. It belonged in Jerusalem. And he wanted to honor the Lord. And then last of all, he, I, he had, a, he had a, a, I suppose you could call it a political reason. Um, he knew that it would unify Israel. Now, all three of those things are good things. Uh, Those aren't aren't bad reasons. those Those are good reasons. However, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, Proverbs says. And you can do the right thing for the right reasons and do it the wrong way, and God can be displeased. I think, you know, we... The scripture tells us that David was displeased, but obviously so was the Lord. The Lord was displeased with not only uh, the fact that Uzzah went and tried to study the ark, but but uh, obviously he was not pleased with the whole manner and way that this transaction was was uh, was was done, was accomplished. God's work has always got to be done God's way. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard over the years, I've heard things like, well, you know, methods really don't matter. The only thing that matters is the message. The only thing that matters is what, it's not the methods that matter, but the, but the end result. Well, the end does not justify the means. The means has to be right in order for the, even for the ends, to to properly glorify God, and uh, uh, it's it's important that we do the right thing and do it not only the right thing but with the right heart and the right and the right way, and uh, you know there sometimes we can even get into the mode where well you know as long as you worship God as long as you uh, you know are are giving God honor and glory. Uh, it doesn't really make any difference where your heart is. No, it makes all the difference in the world where your heart is. We again, you need to you need to do the right thing, but you need to do it with the right heart. You need to do it the right way. And a good example of that is over in First Corinthians eleven, where it talks about the Lord's Supper. We often go to that passage when we're observing the Lord's Supper as a church, and the the problem was the the uh, Corinthian church was was doing the right thing from the standpoint that they were observing the Lord's Supper, but they were doing it the wrong way. They had the wrong motives. They had the wrong heart in the process. And uh, God was judging some people because of it. There were people that were weak. There were people that were sick. And there were people that were dead. Uh, One of the things I've always appreciated about this church is that as a congregation, we we really take the Lord's Supper seriously? Best invitations that we ever have are always the Lord's Supper. It ought to be that way. It ought to be. It ought to be that serious of a thing. And uh, they weren't taking it seriously. And because they weren't taking it seriously, uh, God God judged them. And like I said, so, some of them were some of them were weakened. Some of them were were sickly. And others of them. God just just like killed him, and the principle is given in that passage: If we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. But there's an example of doing the right thing, but not doing it with the right heart, and not not doing it the right way. Um, there's all kinds of things in our lives that would that would follow that. There are right ways to worship. There are wrong ways to worship. Uh, there are right ways to deal with others, and right the right heart to have when you are dealing with others. And there's wrong ways. Uh, we need to to handle uh, disagreements and conflicts and trespasses biblically. Uh, one of the things that I see violated all over the place in Christians' lives is is uh, the handling of conflicts, the handling of disagreements. Honestly. Uh, things would, would go a whole lot smoother in most folks' lives if they just handled things biblically. They do handle them, but they don't always handle them the right way, and, and, and all of us are guilty of that at one time or another. When it comes to raising children, uh, you, can, you can raise children right, you can raise children wrong. Uh, finances, your moral life, uh, all of those have, have guidelines in Scripture that tell us not only what we're supposed to do, but how we're supposed to do it and doing it the right and the proper way. God God sends judgment when we do things the wrong way. And if we don't do it his way, he's not pleased. And David was just simply displeased with the judgment of God. Again, I think in his heart, he was saying, well, you know, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to, to get the ark back, and what does God do? But, but he causes a man who probably had the right heart even himself in the respect that he didn't want to see the ark tumble. But the rule was and the, 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 uh, the law was don't touch the holy things of God. He did touch them, and because, because he touched them, Uh, God God judged him, and he ended up dying. And when that happened, the Bible says, David was displeased with the Lord. Now there's another situation. Go with me to the book of Jonah. Go to Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. In Jonah chapter 3, Jonah has fled from God in chapter 1. He got on a ship, and God brought a, a, a big storm. He told the, the people in the ship, told the crew, he said, listen, you throw me overboard, I'm the problem. Uh, you know, you, you're not the problem, I am. And when I'm, if I'm overboard, then uh, God will cease to, to uh, rock the ship. And sure enough, he threw him in. And, uh, and, and things calmed down, a, a, a whale came and swallowed Jonah while he was in the belly of the whale, he was there three days and three nights, and he, he prayed, he, he uh, said, told God that he would go ahead and do what he had commanded him to do, which was go to Nineveh and to preach a message of warning. Uh, and he didn't want to do that, but he was, But after he got swallowed by the whale, strangely enough, he changed his mind. Hmm. So, but uh, but he, he, he went ahead and, and agreed with God that that's what he needed to do. All right? Now, he goes in there and he preaches, and lo and behold, uh, these Assyrian people repent. Uh, they get scared. Uh, they, they believe God. Uh, and up to this point, they've been nothing but antagonistic against the Lord. They've been antagonistic against His people. On Wednesday nights, we've been studying in, in some of the minor prophets that address the uh, relationship that Israel had with the Assyrians. The Assyrians were nasty people. They were cruel people. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were mean. They, they did some horrific... Things to God's people, uh, they tortured them. They they uh, uh, they persecuted them over and over again, and uh, it was just it was just awful, terrible, unspeakable things that that these people did. Uh, and and uh, uh, Jonah goes in and he gives them the message of warning, and lo and behold, uh, of of warning. And lo and behold, they go ahead and repent. They repent in sackcloth and ashes. uh, And and God turns that thing around. He shows them mercy, and he decides not to destroy Nineveh. Now, we pick up after all of that in chapter 4, in the first four verses. Look with me in verse 1. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. He not only got displeased, he got ticked off. He was, he was mad. He didn't get afraid like David did. He got angry. Verse 2, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now... O Lord, take I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry?" Of course, the, that's a rhetorical question, and the 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 answer to that is no. He didn't do well to be angry, because he in in being angry, he not only was was, was displeased with God, but but he was. At the opposite, on the opposite side of where God was, in the the whole matter, this prayer here is not even close to the to the spirit and the attitude of the prayer that he had in the whale's belly. In the whale's belly, he wanted all kinds of mercy from God. Uh, in this case, he wanted all kinds of vengeance upon upon, uh, the, 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 the city of, of Nineveh. And, uh, uh, I believe there's, there's different reasons. There could be different reasons why, why Jonah re- reacted and responded the way that he did. Uh, I think one of the things is that he could have been, he was a prophet, he was a prophet of God, and he was concerned about his reputation, you know, uh, First of all, to the Ninevites, he went in and said, "Nineveh was going to be destroyed," and then Nineveh wasn't destroyed. He didn't say he didn't walk in and say, "You know, Nineveh will be destroyed if you don't repent." That isn't what he said. He said, "Nineveh is going to be destroyed." He said, "You know, you guys are going to be crispy critters. You're going to be you're going to be toast. You're going to be done. You're going to be gone." And God's upset with you. He's mad with you, and he's he's going to bring his wrath down. Upon this city. But then they went ahead and they repented. And God showed mercy, and that thing did not come to pass. Then uh, he could have been concerned also about his reputation with the Jews. Uh, They wanted to see the Assyrians destroyed. uh, And and not not just Nineveh, they would have liked to have seen the the whole country destroyed. And they 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 could very possibly look at him in a in a in a bad light just simply because he was the one he was the messenger that went in gave the message they repented, and God therefore showed showed mercy uh, to him. Reputation was important, and it was more important to to have a, a good reputation, uh, and for people to like him than than it was for God to show mercy upon people. And uh, he obviously wanted to please himself, wanted to do his own thing. That's the reason why he ran in the first place, because it was an unpleasant task that he did not want to accomplish, that he did, want, did not want to do. So at the top of, at the top of Jonah's list was not the, the item of pleasing God. Uh, it was the item of, of of doing what was convenient and doing what pleased him. And plus, on top of all that, he I I really believe with all my heart, and in his reaction is indicative of this. He hated the Assyrians. You know, we we got a lot of that going on in our country today, where. If someone is on one side of the fence and, and you, you decide what the fence is, I don't, you, know, you decide what the sides are, uh, that's immaterial. If somebody's on one side of the fence and somebody else is on the other side of the fence, it's okay for me to hate that person's guts because they, they think differently than I do. Um, I'm all for freedom of speech, but I am not for this hating attitude. That, that you see going on. Um, this last election that we had back in 2020, regardless of what you think about whether it was legitimate or not legitimate or whatever, there's one thing I know for a fact, there was an awful lot of hate that caused votes, probably on both sides of the aisle. Uh, that's wrong, that's just flat wrong. Man, when we, start, when we start hating people and wanting to see people destroyed, there's something wrong with us. And we have gotta re- be real careful about getting caught up in all this stuff. I'm, I'm all for having strong feelings and being, you know, operating by principles and all that kind of stuff. But when hatred starts coming into the mix, that's when we cross the line. And, and that's, that's exactly what happened with Jonah. Proverbs chapter 20 and verses 17 and 18. Says this is: Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Uh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't rejoice when something happens to someone that, that we dislike or someone who has mistreated us. And I realized, you know, we've never been. Uh, I've never been down the road that that the Jews were down. With the Assyrians again, the Assyrians did absolutely despicable things, but God's love and God's mercy ought to transcend that, and uh, and and it didn't. It didn't particularly in the case of Jonah. God showed showed mercy to Jonah when Jonah repented, but when a whole city repents, Jonah does not rejoice. He instead he gets angry. Oh yeah, he wants mercy for him when he's in the whale's belly and he says, "Okay, I'll go ahead and I'll I'll do God what you've told me to do." But when when the Assyrians, when the, the city of Nineveh repents and says, "Okay, God, we'll we'll repent of our sin and and we'll get right with you." He doesn't rejoice. That that doesn't make him happy at all. So the, really what what the problem was was that Jonah's heart was not on the same page where God's heart was. And, uh, and, and he didn't have the same desires that God had. He didn't have the, those desires in his heart. You know, uh, don't get upset with God uh, when, when uh, uh, God sh- shows mercy upon others. Uh, or when folks don't, you know, uh, book of Psalms over and over and over again, chapter after chapter deals with envying the wicked, looking at the, the wicked and seeing how that they're basically thumbing their nose at God and yet uh, they, they go ahead and God, God allows them to prosper. And, and uh, many of the Psalms deal with that and with those, those feelings, that envy that we go through sometimes when we see good things happening to people that have absolutely no desire to do right, uh, don't get upset with God when, when others don't get what they deserve, so to speak. Uh, always, one, one place you can always be safe in is always rejoicing in the mercy of God, whether it's upon you or whether it's upon someone else who uh, isn't doing right, doesn't have any desire to do right, or possibly has done you some severe wrong, make sure that uh, you don't get displeased with God when he shows them mercy. And then the, the last one I want us to look at, go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And in Matthew 21, look at me in verses 12 through 17. Matthew 21, verses 12 through 17. It says, "And, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of God, they were sore, displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you ye never read out of the, the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city into, into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now, this is a case where the chief priests watch him go into the temple. This is the, the second cleansing of the temple. The first one was found in in John chapter 2. This is the second cleansing of the temple. He Cleanses the temple. He overturns the tables of the money changers, and then he does good. He heals people, and and uh, people people begin to praise him, and people begin to to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, the chief priests saw that, and they didn't like it. The Bible says that they were displeased with him. Again Jesus Christ was God in the flesh so they weren't just displeased they were displeased with God and what God was doing uh, they were displeased because because uh, God helped some people did a great work and then got praise for it and they didn't like it uh, when they when they saw Christ rebuke wrong when they when he was in the church in the temple and overturned the the tables of the money changers and then watched him do right, their result was that they got displeased. They they disagreed with the Lord. They were displeased with him. Do you you ever find yourself in in a position where God is doing something good and you've got something to find wrong with it? Uh, God is is blessing somebody else. Uh, God is blessing maybe even in a situation that you're involved in. And and, uh, uh, you get critical of the thing. Uh, Someone else gets praise uh, because they did something right. And God seems to bring blessings down upon them. And you get an attitude because you didn't get that kind of praise, and you didn't get that kind of notoriety and honor. Um, We have, um, you know, let's just say during our Beast Feast, you know, we have, and we've done Beast Feasts before. We've not seen a whole lot of guys come as a result of the Beast Feast to, to, to regular church services. Now, we have seen some come, and we have seen some results. But the bottom line is, is, is it right to give out the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it any, any way and every way that we possibly can that was within the the, the, the parameters of, of God doing things. In other words, you don't want to do, you know, like, like David, you don't want to do the right thing the wrong way. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, use whatever means we can to get out the gospel. And, uh, you know, but, but it's easy to say, well, you know, Uh, We we saw them there on that Saturday night, but where were they on Sunday morning? Well, you know, they got the gospel, possibly some, I, I am convinced that some of the guys that we've had come to our beast feast in the past, that's the only time they ever did, and if they don't return back here, it may be the only time they ever will hear the gospel of Christ. You know, that's an honor for us to be able to do that. That really is. What a What a blessing. It is to be able to to have something like that where we can we can get guys to come in and, and hear the gospel. Uh, after that, uh, you know, you, you do your best to try to be a witness to them. But they've at, they've at least gotten the word of God. Uh, when you see God doing something, don't get a critical spirit. And that's what the scribes and the Pharisees did. Uh, when you see God at work, man, that ought to re- you ought to rejoice. <laughs> Don't ever be displeased with God when God's hand is evident and He's doing something. Uh, you never want to be on on that side. Uh, you know it may not be exactly the way that that you would like to see it done. Well, okay, but that's not your call. That's God's call. So so let let God call it. The uh, the disciples got got upset one time because. Uh, there were some people that were following Jesus, but they weren't following Jesus exactly in the exact same way that they were following Jesus, and uh, you know uh, 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 they were displeased with the whole thing. Uh, don't don't be on that side of the fence. Don't be displeased when God is doing a work. When God is doing a work, we we ought we ought to rejoice. When you see God at work. Even though it may not be through you, it may be through someone else. Well, praise the Lord. If God's working, then that's a good thing. Uh, So, three different cases that we see in Scripture where men were displeased with God. First one was men were were displeased when God brought judgment. Uh, You know, David was displeased because God judged Uzzah. In the second case, God withheld judgment and showed mercy, in the case of Nineveh. And Jonah was displeased. And then the third case is, is God does good and is praised for doing good. And the Pharisees and the scribes were displeased with God. All of those, in all of those cases, man is on the opposite side of God. God is doing something And man is displeased, not only is he displeased, but he's disagreeing with God about the thing. The truth of the matter is, I think we've all been there at one time or another. We may not have said anything verbally, we may not have made it public, but we disagree with the Lord. When we disagree with God, uh, that's a bad thing. When God brings judgment, when he brings judgment, and we disagree with him about that judgment, uh, we're we're doing some things. We're questioning his love. We're questioning the the uh, the, the the judgment, the the discernment of Almighty God. Uh, we 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 look at that thing and say sometimes that you know, well, our compassion is greater than God's compassion. Well, that's never the case. And and we assume that we know some things that God does not know. The truth of the matter is. When God does what he does, when he judges either in a, in a positive way or he judges in a negative way, either way, God knows the whole picture. Uh, and and just, just come to the understanding that God knows more than we do. And I know that, that, that sounds simplistic and, well, duh, no kidding. But sometimes we act as though, uh, you know, the, 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 in, in our own hearts and our own minds because we don't like the outcome we, we, uh, we think that, that God is as misjudged a situation. God never misjudges a situation because He knows all of the big picture. And secondly, when, when there are times when God withholds judgment, and when God withholds judgment, don't disagree with God. The truth of the matter is, you like it when God withholds judgment on you, Amen. I do, <laughs> I do. I'm thankful for the mercy of God in my life. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll be real honest with you. I don't, I don't get even half of what I have deserved in life. And I'm not talking about, I'm not just talking about hell. I'm talking about judgment in, in everyday life because of attitudes, because of actions. I, I'm thankful that we serve a merciful God. Well, be thankful when God's merciful to somebody else even if it's somebody else that you don't care for. Uh, you know, uh, when, when we disagree with, with God withholding judgment, what we're saying is that God is unjust, and he's never unjust. Uh, we suppose that, that uh, uh, God should judge them according to our standards. And again, he doesn't do things our way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, God's ways are not our ways, and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And then, thirdly, uh, when we disagree with God, when when He He does good and is praised uh, by others, he, you know, He He does a work uh, somewhere or in someone's heart, and and we're on the other side of that thing. We get critical. We get we become a little bit of a scorner. We assume that we know better. We don't think that God's goodness lasts. Uh, we, we stand in opposition to the goodness of God. You never want to do that. Uh, now, I realize these people that, that, that were praising God and giving honor to Jesus Christ when he did those miracles, they turned on him shortly thereafter. I understand that. But, but you don't want to be in the seat of the scornful. Bible warns about that in Psalm 1. It says, blessed is the man that, that, uh, that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. You don't want to be in, in that position. The, the, the bottom line to this whole message is just simply this. You can, you can disagree with God You can because you don't see everything that God sees and you don't know everything that God knows. But there's two things that that you need to to realize. Number one, your heart needs to be right with him. And you ought to have a heart that would desire the things that God desires. So if God gives judgment, that's his desire. We ought to agree with that desire. If God withholds judgment, uh, that's God's desire. We ought to agree with that desire. Uh, If God uh, does good to someone, uh, we, ought to, we ought to agree with that. In other words, our, our heart and our desires ought to be, ought to be on the same page as, as God's desires are. And then secondly, if because of lack of information or just because of a wrong attitude, we disagree with God, just understand this, God is always right. And when I disagree with God, God is right, I'm wrong, and I need to admit that I'm wrong, and therefore, there's something that needs to be rectified. There's something that needs to be taken care of. There's something that needs to be changed in my life so that I can line up with the desires of God. Don't ever be on the side of being displeased With the Lord, when we're displeased with God, there's something wrong with us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we just being honest with you this evening. There are times when you do things in our lives, or in the lives of others, or in the lives, or the the uh, uh, general circumstances of life, and uh, Lord, we we don't like it. We get get displeased. I've been there. You know, every time I've been in that position, it's necessary that I get right. I get right with an attitude, that I get right with my perspective on things, that I just simply agree agree with you. And uh, Lord, I I pray that you help us to see tonight that we might not see things the way that you see them, but you're always right. And whenever we're on the other side of the fence, we're always wrong. There are times when we've been displeased with you. But God, uh, every time you have withheld judgment and brought down mercy, every time you have brought down judgment, every time you have done good to people, you have always been right. And God, help us not to be displeased with you, but to be pleased with you and to, to be on the right side of those situations. Not be like David, not be like Jonah, not certainly not be like the scribes and the Pharisees, but be like David was at other times when he was a man after God's own heart. That's our desire. Help our heart to be in the same place where yours is and have the same desires that you have. Work in our hearts. Maybe, maybe tonight there's some things that are contrary to the desires of God in our lives. Help us to see those clearly. And, and uh, Father, point those things out to us so we can get those things right. We can get our heart right so we can be on the same page that you're on and that our desires can be The desires of God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's Let's all stand together. Let's stand with heads bowed, nice, close.